0: Germ Chester along with Sam Bruno on this edition of the Seacoast Sports Forum and a busy, busy, busy week for Mr. Bruno and Mr. Chester. Uh, (laughs) We've been involved with the State Boys Soccer Championships and uh, that's just one of many that have been going on in the past couple of weeks and we still have more to come as far as football, Sam, so... Lay it on us uh, where we've been and, and where we're headed.
1: <laughs> well, first of all, you know, playoff time is always, always very busy uh, over at Exeter High School. And we have to start off with a tip of the cap to Bill Ball, Kristen Morissette, for their work in hosting a number of semifinal and playoff championship games. Uh, in, it started off uh, with the field hockey semifinals in uh, three divisions. And uh, that was an exciting uh, three nights in a row uh, over at William Ball Stadium. And then it went over to uh, some quarterfinal play from girls soccer and boys soccer, as well as semifinal action in soccer and then final action in soccer. So there was a lot of action over at Exeter High and great job by the staff over there in hosting those events. Uh, Sherm, why don't we start off, first of all, with uh, we had a chance to watch some uh finals this past Sunday, uh, Mm. in, in boys soccer. Um, I don't know about you, but I've watched a lot of uh, high school soccer this year. I don't think I've ever seen goalie play as well, as well Mm. as we saw in the games, uh, this past week.
0: Very solid, very solid goalie play.
1: Uh, outstanding play, uh, in division one, uh, it was Nashua South. They knocked off Hanover two to nothing. In the semifinal, South beat Central and Hanover beat Wyndham. I don't think I've seen a boys soccer game as entertaining as that nashua South Manchester Central game. It ended up three to nothing uh, with, uh, with South beating Central, but those three goals came like in the last five minutes, and they eventually went on to beat Hanover in Division Two. Uh, on this past Sunday, we watched uh, Oyster River uh, knock off Kingswood by a score of one to nothing. That game was uh, could have gone either way. Uh, Right down, right down to the end. But the Bobcats had a little bit more. They had a little bit more speed. They, that game was played mostly in Oyster River's end. Kingswood had a couple of good shots, but the Oyster River goalie was outstanding and did a great job there. Um, in girls soccer, tough luck for the Blue Hawk girls. Uh, undefeated, uh, Megan Young's team uh, going to Stello Stadium and losing to Bedford uh, by a score of one to nothing. It's such a fine line between winning and losing these games when they're mostly two, one, one, zero games. It's, it's, it's five seconds of action that just changed the whole game. Exactly, And it's that tight as, as uh, coach Jim Tufts always says, that first goal changes everything. And uh, in that game, it did. uh, With Bedford scoring first, you you just had a feeling there that the team that scored first was going to win that game.
0: And and at the end, as I said to you uh, over the weekend, I think when that last five minutes uh, in the second half, the Blue Hawk girls knew they had to put it all out there, and they did. They gave it their best shot, but it just, it just they couldn't get that, that game-tying goal and uh, hope to get it into OT and, and see where it would go.
1: Over on the volleyball side, uh, the Exeter volleyball team uh, made it to the semifinals, but they dropped their match against Bedford in three sets. Edford eventually went on to beat Hollis Brookline in the championship game. Let's talk about Blue Hawk championships now, Sherem. Go to Division I field hockey with Deb Grott's team, uh, uh, the number two seed in the tournament. They beat Winnicott in championship game, two to nothing. So uh, congratulations to the uh, Exeter field hockey team uh, i've followed them all season long and uh, a great a great team uh works well as a team um, and deb grott had them to that team ready uh for that championship yeah. game and uh they were they were able to knock off uh win exeter shut out windham in the semifinals two to nothing and uh the field hockey team is just outstanding every single year uh they are a, they're a, they're a team that's a uh, uh, playoff bound and usually going to get to that uh final game. And another championship for the Blue Hawks in unified soccer. That was this past Sunday where the Exeter unified soccer team beat Oyster River by a score of five to three. Exeter knocked off Dover three to one in the semifinals. And uh, congratulations to Katherine Nichols and yeah. uh, her staff uh, for putting together another fine season in unified soccer. Uh, kids worked real hard and uh, it paid off uh, you know, scoring five goals in that championship game.
0: One thing I wanted to mention while you're on that topic is we got to meet an old friend that we had been in broadcasting with over the years, Mark Erickson, who is now affiliated with the Special Olympics of New Hampshire. Right. So good to see Mark. And uh, and he was there that day, he takes a video of, of the goings-on and uh, also mentioning, and I'll put it out there now, the Penguin Plunge is coming back in February in Hampton Beach. Uh, that's a, a, a charity fundraising event for the uh, special olympics it's been going on for years and years and covid kind of threw a curveball at it but now it will be back coming up in february at hampton beach and if you'd like more information on how you could participate or help out the cause you can go to sonh.org and uh, mark i know we'll be happy to uh, get back to you and, and give you all the details but now we still have one major season left we do and we that's do. football, and, and <laughs> the Blue Hawks are uh, fortunate enough to have gotten a buy, uh, which surprised a few people. But there again, surprised
1: like, surprised me. I mean, um, I mean the day the day after the regular season concluded, and I go on the NHIAA website and I find the Blue Hawks earned the third seed over Timberlane by ratings points. Yeah. Okay. Yep. We're in a whole new world with twenty one teams in Division One and. Thirteen are making the playoffs, right. and ratings points put Exeter into that third bye uh, because they won the East, although they tied Timberlane, and Timberlane beat Exeter in the regular season.
0: I know, I know, and, and, and it's a and whole new world. Roger explained it in our last show how they how the point system works, and uh, it made sense after he explained it. And I'm sure uh, Timberlane was like, uh <laughs> wait a minute!" Now. <laughs> you know, felt a little cheated on the deal, but it is what it is. And and uh, until they either balance the the the, the teams out for Division One, either bring somebody up or, or drop somebody back, it's going to be the way it is. And and it, 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 you know, it's fair. Fair is fair. I mean, you're right. We lost to Timberlane. We also lost to Bedford, and that's going to be. Right. Potentially another game down the another line. Another game, All right? Let, let's let's so the three teams that got buys uh, kind of shake it out for us where we, where we stand now.
1: Okay, London Londonderry London was the number one seed uh, in the state. Uh, they got a buy and they're going to be taking on the Merrimack High School squad this weekend. Merrimack got by Portsmouth Oyster River fourteen to six. A little tip of the cap to Brian Pafford and that squad over there, Portsmouth Oyster River. They had a heck of a season. And mm-hmm. uh, it's too bad that it came to an end against Merrimack, but they played hard all season long, did, did, did very, very well. The second seed, Nashua North, uh, they're going to take on Bedford and they will host the Bulldogs. And Bedford, no problem with Wyndham, 28-0. So Bedford may be peaking and that may be trouble uh, as we get into the other rounds. Um, Bluehawks earned the seed. Uh, third seed, and they took on uh, going to take on Timberlane this weekend. And Timberlane knocked off Concord by a score of twenty to fourteen. Um, so the Owls come back. The Owls did not get that third seed, but now they will take on Exeter. But they have to go on the road, and the game will be at Bill Ball Stadium, one o'clock this coming Saturday.
0: The fact that you lost to Timberlane in the regular season, we'll call it incentive. It's an incentive to, to you've seen them. Now you got to take it one step further to move ahead in the, in the playoffs. Um, but Timberlane, and I saw them play last week. Uh, wow. They've, 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 they've got their act together and they, and they did have a, a kind of a stutter step towards the end of the season, but it looks like the only thing they've got, and we don't know at this uh, time, their running back was hurt in that playoff game last week. So uh, that, and he is one of their key players. So we don't know if he will be part of, what's coming to Ball Stadium this weekend or not? Looking at the brackets, the upper bracket is
1: Londonderry, Merrimack, Pinkerton, Bishop Gerton. So that's the upper half of the bracket. The lower half of the bracket that the Blue Hawks are in, it's Nashua North, Bedford, Exeter Timberlane. So the Exeter Timberlane winner will take on the Nashua North, Bedford winner. Now, when I saw Bedford beat Wyndham by a score of 28 to nothing, Raised an eyebrow. Nashua North has always been ranked as one of the top teams all season long. But I guess if anybody is going to knock them off in an earlier round, Bedford may be a team to do it.
0: I I watched that game, and I was kind of surprised because Roger, I think, thought Wyndham would have made it more of a contest. And uh, it didn't happen. Bedford uh, is a passing team. Nashua North, a passing team. Timberlane, passing team. Blue Hawks, not so much. So I don't know. Shaking down that that those pairings, the potential pairings. Um, <laughs> it's control of the ball as far as the Blue Hawks are concerned. Uh, whoever they go up against, because they uh, will go in if they win this game against Timberlane, against their passing team, whether it's Bedford or Nashua North, and that's gonna that'll that'll make a difference.
1: In the upper half of the bracket, Londonderry should have no problems with Merrimack. Uh, I think Londonderry, uh, everybody right from preseason through the regular season kept saying, you know, it's the Lancers. Uh, You got to knock off the Lancers. They're defending champs. pinkerton girton though, should be a pretty wild one. Uh, That game is going to be played uh, at Pinkerton. Mm -hmm. um, And bishop Girton put up 42 points in their preliminary win against Dover.
0: In my heart of hearts. I'd love to see the shake when it all shakes out, it'd be the Bishop Gertin Cardinals taking on the Exeter Blue Hawks. So <laughs> we'll, talk about, we'll talk about that maybe but, towards a minute drill. I
1: think, I think if anybody's going to knock off Bishop Gertin here, I think Pinkerton can do it. Brian O'Reilly squad. You've got a veteran coach there with a veteran team. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, you know, that's not going to be an easy, easy win in Derry this Friday night. I guess, I guess my pick, I I'm, I'm looking for the upset. I'm looking for a London and Pinkerton against Pinkerton uh, in that, in that other, other okay. bracket. I, I think the Astros, uh, I think one, I think one upset is going to happen. And I think that's probably going to be it. Uh, Bedford fingers crossed, but let's, mm-hmm. let's do the deep dive here now on Exeter Timberlane rematch. Sherm. Um, okay. you mentioned the rematch factor, uh, a little earlier. Um, right. my, my saying is always, if you have to play a team twice, I'd rather beat them in the playoffs than beat them in the regular than beat them in the the season. Right. right. Okay. Right. So um, I'm sure Bill Ball and his staff learned a lot in that first game. It was a shootout. It went back and forth, back and forth. 27-23 was the final score in that first game uh, at Plastow. Uh, but Timberland had the ball last, uh, although the Bluehawks got hmm. almost that winning touchdown right there at the end. So hmm. if they had another 30 seconds, it might have worked out in the Bluehawks' favor. Uh, in that situation, Dan Post is the running back that you're talking about yeah. that was hurt at the end of the Timberlane Concord game. Now, he is a key cog in that Timberlane offense. Um, still no word yet whether he will be playing. You know, I, I always look ahead at the weather report. Uh,
0: oh, yeah. The end
1: of the week supposed to get very, very wet. We always have talked historically about Blue Hawk weather and playing oh, yeah. Blue Hawk football in off weather uh, is an advantage for the Blue Hawks. It
0: yeah. may not be three yards in a cloud of dust. It may be uh, a lot of slop out there, but, right. but, but, but it's to their advantage because they do run.
1: If I'm the Timberlane coach right now, I'm, I'm telling my team, we've got to be ready for that first 15 minutes yeah. because the Exeter team is going to be wired and ready to go in that first 15 minutes, rested and ready to go. Yeah. In that first fifteen minutes, so uh, I think the I think the first quarter will tell a lot about that game, uh, uh, how it's going to how it's going to pan out. The Bluehawks will, if they beat Timberlane on Saturday, will go on the road. If Nashua North beats Bedford, right. but if Bedford does upset Nashua North, then the semifinal game would be in Exeter. Uh, mm-hmm. So again, as that number three seed. Uh, you do get a you do get a home game you get a bye there's certainly some advantages to it i know you're very high on nashville north that would be
0: if the blue hawks get by timberlane that's going to be a pretty good game well, i saw that nashville north bishop Gurton game for that one right down to the final minute they were just uh, heaving bombs down to their wide receivers and and uh, the wide receivers on both the Girton and the nashville north side uh, were, were catching them and this kid from north uh, he just reaches out his arm and pop gets you know catches the ball and runs it in for a touchdown with less than a minute left in the game. And that's, that was the difference in North versus Burton.
1: This year with the new playoff format, 13 teams, three, top three teams get a buy uh, higher seeds will host games through the semifinals. But again, final rounds are to be determined. I really miss that UNH game, yeah. that UNH having the top division, three division, two division, one games, all on one game at UNH. Yeah. That was a great day.
0: the Wildcat football team uh, they took a loss last week against the uh, Richmond team but it wasn't a disaster no I mean, it, it was actually uh, uh, the second half was all Wildcats and uh, they came down to the last minute and came up just a little short so uh, they're in their CAA was it five and one
1: now? Uh, five and one in the CAA Richmond is five and one. Yeah. Uh, again, that final score was Richmond 40, New Hampshire 34, but the Wildcats outscored the Spiders 27 to 16 in the second half yeah. to make this one a close one. And in, this, in, in the rankings right now, the Wildcats are still in the top 25 in, in a couple of different polls that mm-hmm. are there. They're going to be taking on Rhode Island and Durham this weekend, and Rhode Island is uh, ranked number twenty-one. So if you beat Rhode Island, you're going to move up. The, you're going to move up the ladder. This will really. This game against Rhode Island will really determine whether or not Rick Santos's team gets a
0: playoff game uh, or gets invited to a playoff game uh, after the regular season ends. And then uh, they'll be going up to Maine to take on the Black Bears for the uh, Musket, and that's a traditional game, but you know, it's for the musket, but you're right. This game coming up, (laughs) this, it's bigger.
1: It's bigger than the Richmond game because you're playing at home. Yeah, You need to show that you can be dominant at home. If UNH is dominant at home against Rhode Island, there's a possibility of even getting a home playoff game in the first round of the playoffs uh, for the Wildcats. So I, I think, I think the second half of the Richmond game was really important for the Wildcats. If they had come back from Richmond losing, you know, 40 to 10 34 to three or something like that, uh, their national rankings would not have been as strong as coming back and almost beating uh, the Richmond team on the road. So I think, I think this Rhode Island game uh, is going to be a really big one and uh, it, it's going to be important for that team to be able
0: to knock off the Rams of Rhode Island. We want to congratulate the, uh men's and women's soccer teams uh they're doing very well Uh, we'll talk about the ladies in a second the men's soccer uh they're playing in the uh tournament against binghamton that game will be coming up on thursday uh that's uh coming up at six o'clock on uh, thursday uh and then the ladies they are advancing into the ncaa tournament they they won uh the right to play harvard They'll be playing the number six seed in the NCAA tournament on November the 12th. Exciting times for the soccer team's basketball season's underway at UNH.
1: Right. Right. (laughs) They
0: beat Brandeis in their first game. Right. Yeah, they dominated Brandeis. And then the uh, ladies also had a big, uh, big game. Schoolboy basketball kicks off. December
1: 13th uh, for the boys. uh, Jeff Holmes' team will be playing legendary in that opening game on December 13th. But when you look at the schedule, the biggest difference that you see is that the traditional schedule is back, meaning that the regular season will end at the end of February and the playoffs will be mostly during the first two weeks of March uh, as has been the case, not the condensed accelerated schedule that we had last year.
0: Yeah. I don't think uh, many coaches were, happy with that. We were talking to one athletic director over the weekend and they definitely were not happy with having to play three games in a week. And right. of course, when the weather starts playing havoc in, in January and February, the schedule gets all thrown out of whack and right. so hopefully the season hopefully mother nature cooperates with the season as right. well so we can just right. go in and and get a get a nice flow to the basketball season for the boys and the girls let's talk first off about the end of the baseball season did you watch the world series i don't I, think for, i
1: watched the world series more than 10 minutes
0: i i sporadically not watched i i will admit i had it Kind of on my phone, watching it off to the side while we were watching a Netflix movie or something. And my wife's going, "What are you watching?" And I just thought, "I just want to see what the score is." And it, it, it was fun to watch Philadelphia uh, be the underdog. But I, I have to admit, I was rooting for Dusty Baker and the and the Astros. And uh, Dusty Baker, primarily. I don't care about the Astros per se, but uh there's a guy who's been in baseball. He's a lifer, and this is his first championship after how many? How many teams has he coached? Oh, or-
1: at least four or five. Yeah,
0: and he's I mean, he's been everywhere so it's good to see him finally like last year it was the uh, the coach of the, or manager of the uh, atlanta braves he had been in the system for the braves for a hundred years and finally you know took them to the world series and won the championship so it's, I, I, I root for those guys i like to see the old timers you know pull off a win now it's free agency now the season is officially over houston's the champion uh free agency is underway and of course everybody is looking at uh, some of the big name stars Big news today
1: is Xander Bogarts opted out of his contract. So he is now officially a free agent. He's no longer a member of the Boston Red Sox and he can play for the highest bidder right now.
0: And Aaron judge is the, probably the key bat out there. A lot of pitching. Jake DeGrom is one of them. Uh, There's a lot of speculation as to where some of these guys will wind up, whether they will stay with where they, where they're at or if they're going to be jumping around for the bucks what do you think about Judge? The, the feeling is he's a West Coast kid and San Francisco is trying to get him at all costs. I guess they've, they're going to be losing three or four guys off their payroll, so they'll have some money. Uh, they really would love to have him out there. California Angels, I guess, are going to make a play. The Dodgers uh, would love to see him. Uh, they're, they're going to be losing some money off their payroll and they've got a lot to spend anyway. So do the Yankees open up the the vault and just say whatever you want, and how much you just name your price.
1: I don't think Aaron judge like getting booed in New York at the end of the season. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's, it was a record setting performance. He's going to be the MVP of the league. And uh, I, I've got, a, I've, I've got a feeling that he's going to move on. I don't think, I don't think New York is going to come up with the figure that's going to work. I think, I think, If New York comes up with a figure, he might go to another team and say, will you match it? Mm. And uh, and then it will be his team. Uh, So I think I wouldn't be surprised if that happened. Uh, My feeling on Xander Bogarts for the Red Sox is that he's gone. He will not play for the Red Sox again. Uh, I think the Red Sox um, may if they're going to spend money, they may go for a bigger shortstop like Correa or Swanson from the Atlanta Braves and put their money there but then they've also got Devers lurking in the background behind there. Um, so I, I don't, I don't have a lot of, I'm not very optimistic on the Red Sox lineup right now. I don't think, uh, I don't, I don't think they're in a very good position right now. I think ownership does
0: not want to spend the money right now. So I think we're going to be a middle of the pact. Well, I like am just that. looking at major league Baseball dot uh, com, and there are <laughs> They're saying we need pitching. Well, that's true, and especially yeah. relief pitching, that's true. But you're right. If you lose a couple of those key bats, and that, and especially if you've got Bogarts and 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 Raffy Devers that are kind of your linchpin, and and the the coach gets along with them, they get along with the coach, and you start mixing that chemistry up, and it's not going to be pretty. I, I think. Don't that,
1: forget that Alex Cora is a major Carlos Korea, Correa fan.
0: Yeah, well that's true. They picked so him. Yeah.
1: so I, I think that's that he's gonna be on he's gonna someone's gonna be in the ownership's ear about that as well.
0: So if you if you okay, we've talked about Judge Bogarts, who who do you think where who's gonna make the pitch for him the hardest?
1: Well, I I I would think that someone someone like the Cubs, yeah, somebody like that. I mean, yeah. you gotta look at major market teams with these yeah players i mean these guys you know there's always toronto that's lurking out there right now and, and there's something about the blue jays um, uh, that that might work out but i don't see him going to a cincinnati or a kansas city uh, or any of the florida teams um again I, I i think the cubs the cubs may be ready to jump into the free agent market in time
0: whatever the red sox do it's got to be long term i think that's one thing we saw in the past and it worked when when those kids like Bogart's and, and Endeavors came up, they built the farm system up and brought them up gradually. And, and that's the way you want to see it happen. Pitching, I know, is a little different and and they have to go through a lot of seasoning. Uh, but I, I just I don't want to see us spend a lot of loot and get another Chris sale situation where you got a guy that's always on the IL. And you know he, he goes right. out there, throws his arm out, and he's gone for the rest of the season. Tommy John surgery and all this other stuff that happens. Be very careful. I I don't care if you pay a guy seventy million bucks for one year, but don't sure. give seven hundred million bucks for ten years. And you know he's not going to be there for ten years. Right. Or he's not going to give you ten years of service. Right. So yeah. All right. Uh, football. Let's just uh, you brought it up in the past. We I haven't seen you since, but you said Zappy would be the word, and he was <laughs> for a couple. He of still games. is. Yeah, he still, well, is after this, yeah, after, yeah, Bailey Zappi is still on the on the lips of a lot of uh, fans and in, in the after stadium.
1: This, after this past weekend, you know, I'm certainly, so happy for the New England Patriot defense and the way that they've been yeah, playing. Yeah. Uh, I mean, as we know, with Bill Belichick's teams, defense can take the team all the way to the Super Bowl. You bet. Uh, and and if they keep playing the way they're playing, uh, you know, Kansas City, Miami. Buffalo, the big offensive teams right now will have their hands full on the offensive side. Mac Jones is just not doing it. He's just that offense is dormant. It's stagnant. Um, I think, I think they need, uh, Zappy in there. Uh, although he needs somebody to throw to, I understand that, but I think Bailey Zappy would be what the team needs in the second half of the season to push this team into the playoffs as, as a strong contender.
0: I I was watching the talking heads after the game on Sunday and I have to probably agree with those guys that, well, of course you've, you've got David Andrews out for at least another couple of games. Uh, He may be back after their bye week, but the fact is that he, uh, he's a cog in that offensive line. Um, if, If they don't get an offensive line that can hold back, the rush and give the kid the time to pass. That's what I would like to see him start working. Uh, some magic. Uh, get that offensive line tightened up. Uh, Brady did have that in his favor for the years he was successful here. Bailey Zappy got lucky. The couple of games he was, I, I think, the defenses for those teams we played those two games. Eh, you know, wasn't the greatest.
1: <laughs> Patriots haven't have, don't don't have the most difficult second half of the schedule coming up, so right. they've got some advantages there. One of the things that they that that I don't like is. If you look at the schedule, you see that after the bye week, the Patriots are going to play four straight night games, Mm. including on Thanksgiving night. They're playing Thanksgiving night this year against the Minnesota Vikings. So they've got four straight night games coming up and that knocks off your schedule. So I'm not that crazy about that. So that, that could be a little bit of a, a speed bump, but, but at five and four, I'm happy at five and four at the break right now. I think about that's where they should be. Think about that. If they had beaten the bears, they would have been six and three, and that would have been a really good first half of the season.
0: The guy I'm really feeling good for right now, and this could be his, potentially his last season with the Patriots, is Matthew Slater um, and that defense. I mean, those guys are playing their hearts out. I wish I picked them in the fantasy league. <laughs> <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I really didn't think they were going to be there this year, and they are. They're, they're doing great things.
1: My two-minute drill today, Sherman, is about college football. Um, we're getting now down to the stretch. Of college football, and you always talk about the controversy about the college football playoffs. I hope, I hope that we've seen the last of Alabama. Uh, I think now with their loss to LSU this past week, I think Alabama's probably not going to make it back up to the top four, but you never know when you have committees. Committees can always do strange things. Uh, Georgia looks like a strong team. Ohio State and Ryan Day should have no problem uh, getting into the playoffs, but I'm I'd like to see some different teams. I'd like to see a team like TCU, the Horn Frogs, go undefeated this year and make it into the top four. I want the frogs in there in that top four? Michigan might squeak in and make it in there. A more traditional pick, but the Horn Frogs are the team that we're going to follow down the home stretch. And get them to the playoffs in December on New Year's
0: Eve. I watched one of their games, and they came from behind to win it in uh, in OT. And and they are Max Duggan, their quarterback. he he can do it. He can do it all. My two minute drill. A couple of uh, televised shows uh, that we're going to be doing. uh, First off, the next one coming up on on the TV side will be a uh, interview we did with the golf team, the the extra blue hawk championship golf team uh the coach bob beetle bailey and two of the key players two of the uh, captains of the team connor allard and Yasher johnston uh they were not only a 27 and 0 regular season but also uh dominating in the in the tournament and in the individual play tournament so we'll talk to those guys on the tv side good show coming up there and another one we're getting ready for the holidays uh this involves you mr bruno <laughs> this goes back 25 years. I got to watch a video of you calling play-by-play on the 1997 championship game. That's it was right. the Exeter Blue Hawks, the Bishop Gerton Cardinals, and a muddy, muddy, messy, snowy Eustace Field up at the old school. It was quite a game, and uh, you did a great job doing the play-by-play. And we celebrated at halftime during the regular season this year, we celebrated that 25-year uh, uh anniversary with a bunch of the guys coming on the field at halftime and what we're going to try to do is get those guys together we'll go up to the old field and just talk about that game and 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 play that actual game uh it's it's i'll tell you it's really great viewing and uh, our producer for the tv side bob Glowacki, did a great job putting it together uh you know it was on an old dvd digitized it and all that so uh, yeah it's going to be a, a great uh, we're going to run it through the holiday season it'll be a special edition of the seco sports forum on the video side
1: i just have one more thing about college basketball okay okay i'm going to read a headline here sure five terriers reach double digit points while 13 total players netted points as the Wofford men's basketball team oh, yeah. opened the 22-23 campaign by beating Bob Jones University 120-48. to 48. We are going to be watching Wofford College because uh, the Exeter resident and Phillips Exeter grad, Josh Morissette, got into the game as a freshman, and he scored five points. So way to go, Josh.
0: All right. A lot of their games, by the way, if people want to follow Wofford, is on uh, ESPN th- uh, ESPN Plus. If you have that, you'll be able to catch Josh. Uh, playing during the during the winter, uh, and then uh, one other thing I did want to mention. Uh, a podcast, we we love to have people spread the word about the podcast. Thank you and and tell your friends about it. If you catch us on YouTube or Facebook, whether it's the audio or video version, uh, make sure you like us, uh, subscribe, and uh, always comments are welcome. So anything about whether you want an idea for a show or you got a comment about a show we did or maybe a potential guest, seco Sports Forum at Yahoo.com. And that does it. So for Sam Bruno, I'm Sherm Chester, inviting you to join us for the next edition of the Seaco Sports Forum.